0: It's one o'clock. I'm Susan Lavender. The headlines legislators pass the bill for the charging of solid waste collection and disposal. The government confirms that fully vaccinated helpers will start arriving from the Philippines and Indonesia on Monday. And an infectious diseases expert urges authorities to ban people who haven't been vaccinated from crowded public spaces. Lawmakers have passed a bill to charge for the disposal of solid waste. 37 Ledgeco members voted for the bill, with one against. The government says it'll take about 18 months before it starts charging households according to the amount of waste. The plan includes the boosting of recycling facilities and locations and campaigning about the scheme. On the potential impact of the new charge on low-income families, Environment Secretary Wong Gum Singh said the government plans to give them subsidies to help offset the charge. A Green Group says they're unhappy about the length of time it's taken for the Solid Waste Charging Bill to be passed. Green Earth Senior Project Officer Edmund Lau says the government should speed up the legislative process. We have been waiting for 15 years plus for this bill to be passed. They have changed the wording from a preparation period of 12 to 18 months into at least 18 months. So it's potential to be lengthened further in the next latch call. After the preparation period, they have an admin date, but it is not determined now. But in the future, EA panel of the Legislative Council, then it could be another
1: way that it has to be delayed.
0: The government has officially announced that starting Monday, helpers from Indonesia and the Philippines can come here to work after they've been fully vaccinated. It says it's reached an agreement with the two countries to recognise jab records bilaterally. Those who fly in have to possess such records, a valid working visa, a negative nucleic acid test for COVID within three days of departure, and confirmed booking for a quarantine hotel for at least three weeks. Labour Minister Luo Qi Kwong says for now the only such designated hotel is the silka in chun 1, which has over 400 rooms so by 30th of august we have just one hotel and the procedure is the same as ever before whoever need to come to hong kong they have to buy a an ticket and get a reservation of hotel it will not be centrally managed it will definitely be a first come first serve arrangement in existing uh, procedures Infectious diseases expert Hopak Leung says stricter restrictions could be put in place for those who haven't been vaccinated in order to boost the vaccine take-up rate. He told a radio programme authorities could consider following other regions in the world in barring unvaccinated people from entering crowded public venues. But respiratory diseases specialist Leung-Chi-chiu says that won't work because some people lack confidence in the vaccines. I think for Hong Kong, the problem is we did not manage those few untoward events with the start of our vaccine program that caused a confidence crisis. And that cannot be corrected up to this moment. And we should, at this stage, look at how we can really convince our elderly our vaccines are safe and probably safest among those users, I think, in the world. And also, they will not cause myocardial injury or stroke. An academic says efforts by the government to boost the city's vaccination rate are hampered by lack of trust in the authorities. Professor John Burns from the University of Hong Kong's Department of Politics and Public Administration says the societal divide after the 2019 anti-extradition protests makes it very difficult for the government when it wants the cooperation of the public. He said the government's zero-tolerance COVID policy is not sustainable.
2: Pursuing a zero-COVID strategy is appropriate for now. And then we're going to have to learn to live with it. And so this is going to affect not just the people in Hong Kong or the people of China, but everywhere. The truth is that we don't really know how to dig ourselves out of this pandemic.
0: The government is proposing to allow lawmakers to vote remotely on important bills and projects under exceptional circumstances such as the COVID pandemic. LegCo has been holding such virtual meetings since last year, but councillors must attend in person for full council or finance committee meetings. In a bill tabled for first reading next week, the government says the basic law doesn't ban remote voting. It says it wants to change relevant laws to allow the LegCo president to allow members to join meetings at designated places other than in the chamber. The US, Britain and Australia have all warned of a high risk of an attack at Kabul airport and advised their nationals not to travel there. Those already outside the Afghan facility are advised to leave immediately. This report from the BBC's Paul Adams.
1: These near simultaneous warnings were very specific. Do not travel to Kabul airport. If you're in the area, move away to a safe location and wait for further advice. Officials won't elaborate
0: on the nature of the threat, but on Tuesday, President Biden warned of the danger posed by extremists linked to the group calling itself Islamic State. What all this means for the final days of this multinational evacuation mission is not clear. The airlift at Kabul airport has continued at a rapid pace. Dozens of military flights ferried close to 20,000 people out of Afghanistan in the past 24 hours. But with an end to the airlift approaching, US Secretary of State Antony Blinken has insisted American efforts to help people leave the country will continue past the August 31st deadline. He told journalists Washington was trying to locate all US citizens still inside Afghanistan and consular support would be maintained.
1: The president has asked for contingency plans in case he determines that we must remain in the country past that date. But let me be crystal clear about this. There is no deadline on our work to help any remaining American citizens who decide they want to leave to do so, along with the many Afghans who have stood by us over these many years and want to leave and have been unable to do so.
0: An international team of 500 scientists says last year was the warmest on record across much of Europe, putting further strain on the physical environment and human society. The BBC's Matt McGrath has more details.
1: The wildfires, droughts and heat waves that swept across Europe in 2020 helped push average temperatures to worrying new heights. Countries such as Estonia, Latvia and Finland were all around 2.4 Celsius warmer than the long-term average. The continent as a whole was more than half a degree hotter than the previous high mark. There was no respite from the heat even in the Arctic. For the seventh year in succession, temperatures were more than one Celsius above the norm. But as the study makes clear, the scale of warming is having an impact on every aspect of our physical world.
0: Experts at the World Health Organization are warning that the window of opportunity to study the origins of COVID-19 is closing. The authors of the original WHO report into how the virus emerged from China say further delays could make some of the necessary research biologically impossible. Maria van Kerkhoff is the WHO's
1: technical lead on covid There should be no delay in actually carrying those out. We need to gather all information that we have in China and elsewhere to be able to get to the bottom of this. From our point of view it's time to you know move on get on with this. We want the origins work to remain scientific, transparent, urgent and inclusive and we will continue to work with all member states to make sure that we better understand how this pandemic began so that we can be better prepared for future ones. New
0: research in West Africa has shown combining an anti-malaria vaccine with a preventative drug lowered hospital admissions and deaths from the disease by more than 70%. But a key precondition is for the medical cocktail to be administered before the start of the annual rainy season in June. Here's the BBC's Charles Haviland. Malaria mainly affects children and young people, killing more than 400,000 people each year, mostly in Africa. The new research was carried out among 6,000 children aged between 5 months and 17 months in Burkina Faso and Mali. Combining the world's first malaria vaccine with anti-malarial tablets was found to be more effective than either approach on its own, reducing malaria deaths by 73%. A professor from the Malian Partner Institute in the research, Alassane Diko, called it wonderful news for malaria control. It's hoped the approach will now be widely adopted. The U.S. has released a comprehensive military and economic aid package for Vietnam aimed at bolstering ties between Washington and Hanoi, which is also building its relationship with China. The package for the former military foe was unveiled during the visit by U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris. The U.S. is also offering vaccines. Here's Ms.
1: Harris. I'm delighted to announce that the United States is donating an additional one million Pfizer vaccines to Vietnam. And this will build on our previous donations. And these vaccines will start arriving within the next 24 hours to Vietnam.
0: Crowds of protesters have returned to the streets of Ramallah in the Israeli-occupied West Bank to demand more freedom of expression. Several had only just been released from prison after the Palestinian security forces arrested them at peaceful demonstrations over the weekend. The BBC's Yolanda Nell reports.
1: Since the death of a political activist Nizar Banat in the custody of Palestinian security services in June, demonstrations against the Palestinian leadership, particularly the elderly President Mahmoud Abbas, have become commonplace, and many have been broken up violently, with protesters beaten and arrested. This week, the UN and European diplomats representing the main donors to the Palestinian Authority expressed their concern, while Palestinian civil society groups warned of a dangerous decline in rights and public freedoms.
0: A scientific study in Britain has found that light pollution is a major reason for a dramatic recent decline in insect populations. More details from the BBC's Helen Briggs. There's growing alarm over plunging insect populations with climate change, habitat destruction and pesticides all thought to play a role. But now scientists say there's another culprit, artificial streetlights. Researchers from the charity Butterfly Conservation counted caterpillars at the sides of brightly lit roads. Compared with similar stretches of unlit roads, caterpillar numbers were reduced by half, suggesting streetlights can affect the abundance of insects, at least on a local scale. But there are
1: practical solutions, such as dimming streetlights in the early hours, installing motion sensors or using colour filters to modify the light.
0: Stocks now, and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index uh, stood at 25,332. That's 361 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $78 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.91 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 17 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 70 cents. Sports now, and we start with the Paralympics in Tokyo, where Hong Kong's seven time Paralympic Paralympic gold medalist Yu Cho Yi has progressed to the round of 16 in wheelchair fencing after she won three of her four bouts in preliminary pool one this morning. Football, where Arsenal and Southampton both enjoyed lopsided wins in the English League Cup, the BBC's Jordan Elgott reports.
1: Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang scored a hat-trick as Arsenal earned their first win of the season with a 6-0 victory away at Championship High Flyers West Brom. Mohamed El-Yanousi also scored three as Southampton won 8-0 against Newport County. Burnley beat Newcastle on penalties. The draw for the third round has just been made. The pick of the game sees Manchester United faced West Ham at Old Trafford. Chelsea host Aston Villa and Liverpool are away at Norwich.
0: Um, Sheriff Tiraspol, Tiraspol sorry, have become the first ever Moldovan club to qualify for the European Champions League group stage. That's after they defeated Dynamo Zagreb 3-0 on aggregate. Paris saint germains sporting sporting director Leonardo says Real Madrid's 188 million US dollar bid for striker Kylian Mbappé is not sufficient. Mbappé has less than a year left on his contract. Leonardo has conceded that PSG would not hold him back, but if the player leaves, it must be on the club's terms. Here's the French football journalist Sarah Menai. PSG
2: sporting director Leonardo has now opened the door. Uh, speaking with several media today, Leonardo said Kylian Mbappe has made it clear that he wants to leave and that Paris will let him do if desired and it seems like the club is getting kind of yeah used
0: to the idea that they will have to sell him. However, the club also has made it clear they are expecting more money than the 160 million euros Madrid had offered yesterday. So, PSG is now putting the pressure on their player and on Madrid as well. The bid has to be uh, bigger. England's cricketers are in control, going into day two of the third test against India at Headingley. The tourists were dismissed for just 78 on the first day. And to the weather now, and it's mainly fine and very hot apart from isolated showers with moderate east to southeasterly winds, and the outlook, a few showers and sunny intervals in the next few days currently at the observatory at the observatory is thirty one degrees with the relative humidity now at seventy three percent. And now to end the news, the top stories once again. Legislators passed the bill for the charging of solid waste collection and disposal. The government confirms that fully vaccinated helpers will start arriving from the Philippines and Indonesia on Monday. And an infectious diseases expert urges the authorities to ban people who haven't been vaccinated from entering crowded public spaces. And that's the news from RTHK. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah Overwhelmed by your sincerity me
1: Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday the 26th of August is today's date. Big thanks, big, big thanks to James Ross once again for the morning brew today. We've got a busy show today for your listening pleasure. On The 123 Show, we catch up with our regulars. Sadia Osmani is in for this week's Thursday Chinwag. And she is back in Hong Kong, finally, undergoing quarantine. So we'll be catching up with her about her quarantine journey. Uh, in about 10 minutes or so. So do join us if you can. And after the 2.30 news, Andrew Dembina joins us for his global and local update of art news in this week's Artsing Around. And we'd love hearing from you. Feel free to join us on Facebook, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3, or drop us an email, 123show at rthk.hk. 19 minutes past one o'clock.